Welcome to The World is Leadership. My name is Emmanuel Gobillo. In this show, I want to take a different approach to leadership. No buzzwords, no jargon. Instead, for each episode, I'll just pick up a random word and I'll use it to uncover a valuable lesson for leaders like you. Some words will be mundane, some extraordinary, some will be more obscure than others, but I'll use them all in order to help you become a better leader. So join me as we explore the word is leadership, turning everyday words into extraordinary insights. Subscribe, listen in, and let's start leading. Okay, we are back once again for the word is leadership. Thank you so much for joining me uh, for this episode three. If you've Just joining me for the first time, you've missed lessons inspired by the word sock and the word gentry. And if you're a regular listener, well, thank you for coming back. I'm very grateful for your support and also for the reassurance that you provide my family that I'm not just locked in a room talking to myself. So thank you. Thank you to you all. The rules are still the same. They're still simple. I open my dictionary on a random page. I place my finger in a random spot and that gives us a random word for which I build a leadership lesson inspired by the word in order to inspire you. So let's find out what the word is this week. Oh, and by the way, this week I've got a surprise for you. I did promise I would get my act together, and I have. I have a jingle to build tension. Uh, So I'm opening my dictionary. Here we go. Now, the drum roll might be a bit circus-like. Maybe I need something a bit more professional for next week. I tell you what. Let's make this a feature. Get in touch with me at thewordisleadership.com. And uh, if you've got any suggestions for jingles, indeed, if you've got anything, any other feedback, any other suggestions, then get in touch and we'll see what we can do. Anyway, you're listening to The Word is Leadership and the word is squeak. S-Q-U-E-A-K. Squeak. That's three episodes and Two words starting with S, proving that my randomization technique might not be as random as I thought. I, I, um, I don't know if you remember, actually, there was a uh, Apple, when Apple launched, uh, I think it was the first uh, iPod Shuffle, the one that looked like a stick of gum. And when people bought it and started using it, they, they had a complaint, which was that actually uh, it wasn't as random as they thought it would be. So the same song would come uh, two or three th- songs after it had been played and so on. So there was a lot of discussion about randomization. I even remember Apple putting out a, either a press release or a presentation about their algorithm, algorithms being actually random and it's people's perception uh, that were wrong rather than the randomization and the iPod shuffle. It was the Gustave Flaubert uh, philosophy, the French writer who wrote, there is no truth, there is only perception. Um, Anyway, so I I guess I'm the iPod shuffle of dictionary opening. I promise I'll do better. I'll try to get words at the beginning of the dictionary rather than the end. Uh, I hadn't thought about that with the eyes closed. That's as far as my technique was going. Anyway, so here we are. The word is squeak. And the dictionary uh, definition, utter, short, shrill, as of a mouse or an unoiled unoiled hinge, uh, turn informer, short, shrill sound, uh, narrow escape, 
so that's the uh, that's the word. And I realized that for the last couple of episodes, I've always been uh, giving you ideas and, and some options that I could go with and discount them and then eventually settle on one. And if I remember correctly, for both words, I had a couple of options. This time, though, uh, I'm not just trying to fill in until something uh, comes to my mind. My mind is actually full, but it, it's not full of ideas. It, it's just full of a th- thought about my uncle. He was an electrician, so he would always tell jokes uh, that somehow relating to building sites. This is probably not the best joke you've ever heard, but now I've mentioned it, I probably need to uh, to let you know what it is. And it goes something like this. Uh, on the building side, there's a, a, an employee who goes to um, see the foreman to complain uh, about his wheelbarrow. And he says to the boss, Boss, we've got an issue. Uh, I've got a problem with the wheelbarrow. You see, every time I push it, uh, the wheel squeaks. In fact, it keeps on going squeak, 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 squeak. To which the foreman replies, you're right, there is a problem, uh, a definite problem, because the wheel should be going squeak, 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 squeak. And and you get the idea. Uh, I guess it tells us something about why my uncle Rogers thought of managers... Uh, and their primary focus, uh, but I, I, I think it probably also does contain uh, a lesson for us on the importance of squeaks and, and hearing squeaks and being able to differentiate between squeaks because squeaks in organization are, are a fact of life. They are a feature of the organization. I bought my first car. Uh, it was a Renault, French people. Uh, always tend to buy uh, French cars even when they don't live in France anymore. We, we love buying French cars. We're probably the only people in the world who do, but we do. That's part of being French. So I bought my, my first car, and it was a Renault um, Scenic, Megane, Renault Megane Scenic. Um, and it had a weird squeak inside it, and I, I, I couldn't work out where it came from. Uh, so I took it to the garage, uh, and the technician didn't seem worried at all. He didn't seem unfazed, concerned, surprised by the squeak. He just looked at me. He didn't shrug because he was a British mechanic, not a French mechanic. But but he just looked at me and said, you mean that? That noise? I said, yeah. He said, oh, that that's just a Renault noise. It's It's just there. And for him, the squeak was a feature of the car. It was there to be ignored. It was just part of what the car is like. And at work, we have all experienced the squeaks that are just there. You know, people who always moan. There's always something, they've they always got something to say, but it's never, it's, it's never positive. It's always negative. You've got the annoying processes, and we talked about socks uh, in, the first, in the first episode, but they're, they're those processes that are never quite right, but they do the job. They're not your best socks. They're a bit scratchy. They're a bit too small, but they're good enough, so you put them on. Now, that's kind of an organizational squeak. We've got the squeaky emails that we keep on getting that arrive at the same time as the squeaky text messages and probably the same time where we've got to be writing a memo to somebody else and so on and so forth. All these small interruptions that stress us out but we learn to tune out we we've built we've bid resilience to the squeak and, and, and that's just an aside but it's also a bugbear of mine i don't want to say too much about resilience in case we ever get it as one of our random words but i do find it rather problematic that our answer to organizational stresses is to send employees on resilience courses so let me suggest that if you ever feel the need to teach resilience uh, for your employees, 
your problem is much more likely to be poor systems than important employees. But that's just an aside. The point is that we become resilient to the squeak, and I would suggest that it's not necessarily a good thing. Because eventually, too many squeaks become a shriek. And when we move from squeak to shriek, three things happen. First, we no longer find it possible to distinguish between the squeaks. Not just where they come from, their root cause, but also which ones are the important squeaks, the one coming from the brakes rather than, than the less important ones coming from the cup holders, if we use my uh, car analogy. So we need to be able to differentiate between what is just background noise and what's potentially a requiem to our organization. What is a feature and what is a burgeoning problem. And if not distinguishing between the squeak is our first problem, then the second problem is that the squeaks are so prevalent that we lose focus on the silence, the silences. We are so focused on what is wrong that we no longer know what is right. In an effort to make things stop, we give all our attention to the problem rather than understand the successes. And if all we spend on time, our time on as, as leaders is to understand the squeaks, then we'll never know what to do. We'll never know what needs to be done. We know what needs to stop. But imagine spending all your time on employees who complain or the employees who underperform. How does that make the high-performing employees feel? If we just teach what to avoid, how do we learn what to seek in, in Child psychology, it's often said, we are very good at catching our children doing wrong, but we should learn to catch our children doing good. And the reason for that is if you tell a child over and over again what not to do, they'll never know what to do, to what to actively seek. So when we move from squeak to shriek, A, we no longer distinguish between the squeaks. B, we forget all about the silences. But the third problem is that we actually become deaf to the squeaks themselves. Because when the squeaks have become a big shriek, the shriek is too loud and the squeaks just become white noise. So the, sne- this, the squeaks are in effect a vicious cycle. The more squeaks, the more shrieks, the more shrieks, the more the squeaks become ambient. And the more ambient the squeaks become, the more likely the squeaks are to become shrieks and, they, and so on and so forth. You get the point. So I guess the lesson from all of this and the lesson from uh, the probably inspired and I should I should dedicate this episode to my uncle Roger. But the lesson is that there's really three things that we need to do to break that cycle. First, we need to learn to differentiate between what is important and what is in consequence. Second, we've got to have the right focus, the right ratio between what works and what to solve, between the silences and the squeaks. Our attention has to go at the right ratio. And the third is that we need to see issues before they become problems. We need to hear the squeaks over the shrieks. So how do we do this? Well, first we need to understand what silences sound like. We need to be clear about what we're looking to achieve. We need to be clear about what great performance looks like because being clear is the equivalent to routine maintenance of my car. Not just a once, once a year job, an everyday check, you know, almost like a pilot check, a checklist of, you know, check, 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 making sure that the car or the plane is still roadworthy. 
And talking about what we want to see builds the silence of a well-oiled machine. If people are clear, they're much more likely to regularly follow the routine. And that regular routine will ensure that when squeaks occur, then we know where it comes from. We know if it's a brake pad or a cup holder. Second, we need to know how we differentiate between a wheel that squeaks and one that's about to fall off. Some people are just squeaky wheels. We mentioned them already. They may be right, like the little boy who cried wolf, but we need to make sure that our attention is only directed to the time where they are right, rather than be distracted by all the uh, instances where they're not, where they're wrong. So that's where standards come in. When you are clear on the what you need, you need to build the how. By making sure that other people understand the standards they should reach, then you remove their need to constantly squeak. Because you've been clear about what you want to hear about. So you offer them a roadmap to know when to shriek. They no longer need to squeak, they just need to shriek because they know the standard and if they can't meet it, then it's a shriek. But you also give them the attention so they don't need to make noise in order to get it. Because in my experience, a lot of squeaks are just attention-seeking noises. And actually, they are legitimate because they're people who have been often ignored or people who feel ignored. In either cases, you need to tackle the root cause. And finally, probably more importantly for leaders, don't squeak yourself. One person's squeak is another person's tone. We think we are uh, giving instructions, we think we are sharing clarity, we think, and all we're doing, all we're coming across as, are squeaky wheels ourselves. Of course, you shouldn't tolerate mediocrity, but you shouldn't micromanage. It's not, setting standards is not micromanaging. It's about building processes, building routines, so you don't have to constantly squeak yourself, because the more squeak you add, the more legitimate you're making it for other people to squeak. So the key with squeaks is not to ignore them, so they eventually become shrieks, but it's not to be so focused on them that we never hear the silences. So like every week, let me leave you with the following question. Silences, squeaks, shrieks, where does your attention go? Well, thank you for tuning into The Word is Leadership. I hope you find our exploration of today's word interesting. If you haven't already, then please subscribe to ensure you never miss an episode, each one helping you to lead better through unexpected words. And if you want to get in touch, share your thoughts and, well, why not contribute a word for a future episode, you can always reach me at thewordisleadership.com. Until next time, this is Emmanuel Gobillot wishing you a great week.